0: This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au Housing for the Aged Action Group, HAGE for short, a
1: housing group for older people run by older people. Present
2: Raise the, the roof. roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial.
0: Uh, That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show here on 3CR 855 AM. Uh, my name's Shane, uh, in the studio today with Steph. How you doing, Steph?
1: Hey, I'm good.
0: <laughs> uh, Fiona, my regular co-host, still away, possibly, I mean, back in the country by the time, well, she's probably, I mean, by the time you hear this, she's back in the office, she's back on deck, her jet lag is cured, she's uh, refreshed, ready to go, you should call her up and harass her and make her do some work <laughs> for a change. Um, so uh, today we are going to be speaking to a Victoria's Commissioner for Residential Tenancies, Um, We wanted to talk to, that's Heather Holst. Um, We wanted to talk to her about what her role is, uh, what she does for Victorian renters, and uh, help people understand a bit better what uh, the commissioner's role is and how they can sort of leverage the things that she does to improve things for renters. So we're gonna jump right into that now. Uh, Here is Victoria's uh, sort of inaugural commissioner for residential tenancies. Uh, She comes from a, a long background in the community housing sector, uh, worked at Launch Housing and Tenants Victoria, uh, places like that, and according to her bio on her website, uh, also ran Australia's first uh, not-for-profit real estate agency, uh, Home Ground Real Estate, which definitely makes her the first real estate agent we've ever interviewed for this show. Uh, so here's uh, Heather Holst. Uh, can you tell the listeners about what you do as the Commissioner for Residential Tenancies and what the sort of Commissioner's role is? Yeah,
2: it's Commissioner for Residential Tenancy um, is a, intended to be um, a role that amplifies the voices of Victorian renters um, into government and that being the Victorian government. Um, so I work um, to the Minister of Consumer Affairs who has responsibility for policy around rental, the law and sort of you know, general policy and services as well. Um, so what I do is I listen, uh, take advice as much as possible directly from renters. I keep up with all the research. I have, um, you know, take advice from a lot of the stakeholders who are working directly in the area, like the legal centres, like HAG, and, uh, you know, make sure that I'm as well-informed as possible. But, But my role is really to unreservedly advocate for renters. It's not about, oh but what about the property industry as well?
1: What about the owners? Mine is, this is what the renters need. Um, That's my role. Great. Hey, uh, how do you see the relationship between the commissioner's role and the role of non-governmental groups that advocate around renters' rights from HAG to Tenants Victoria to the Rental and Housing Union and many others?
2: Yeah, no, it's a great question. I don't do direct service delivery, which all of those agencies do. Um, so they have a lot of information and, um, you know, that they really need to feed into the policymakers as well. Uh, I, my role is um, much more kind of internal government one, I guess. Um, yeah, so I can, you know, help sometimes with coordinating different uh, points of view, um, you know getting people together if I hear them you know several people working on the same thing for example or sort of suggest they might you know introduce them to each other because it is quite a complex array no so, um, when you're a renter who's got a problem um, finding out how to go get help for it can be bit confusing at times and that's because it's quite a complex space yeah so I can I can help with that so I see um, and there's also things that the non-government groups uh, can say, you know, they can really say things loudly in the media, um, you know, they can take advocacy positions publicly, that it wouldn't be really that wise for me to do as a commissioner, but I can get into um, other rooms, I suppose, and know what's going on within government um, more easily.
0: Great. Um, so we've heard from a lot of people that they actually didn't know that Victoria has a Commissioner for Residential Tenancies. So I wondered if you had any reflections on why that is and whether a higher profile for your role would be useful. Yeah, no,
2: that's certainly true. Um, so I had people tell me, hey, New South Wales has got a Commissioner for Residential Tenancies. <laughs> Victoria should have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute, she does. Uh, it's certainly true, New South Wales has been much more forthright and gone out um, with a higher profile there, which I think is a good idea. Um, it's been, uh, the role started in late 2018. There was a lot of involvement in the rent reforms that were happening at the time, you know, getting ready for them to be implemented. And then there was COVID when all bets were off with all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I am uh, gradually doing um, a bit more media. But, um, yeah, I realise the profile's probably not as high as it could be. Um, I think I'm fairly well known in the sort of service delivery agencies and in government departments, but not for ordinary renters, that's true.
1: Yeah,
0: I think that's right.
1: Mm. Hi, Heather. Heather. Your position was established as part of a set of broader rental reforms in 2018 that included a wide range of changes to everything from rights to have pets to bans on no reason evictions. Those reforms were largely intended to improve conditions for Victorian renters. How well do you think they're working?
2: I think most of them were um, important steps forward, but I think what we've seen is this incredible squeeze on private rental in Australia, in a lot of similar countries to Australia actually. Um, that makes it really hard to compare 2018 to 2023. And I think, you know, what a lot of renters tell me is that they they know that they might theoretically have the right to do X, Y, or Z, but they don't um, ask for it or assert their right because they know that they're competing in a really tricky, difficult um, rental market. And if the owner... You know, decides that they want to sell or get out of renting. Um, which, by the way, a lot of owners do just anyway. Um, that's not because regulations are tight; <laughs> they just do. Um, that's what you do in Australia if you're in private rental. You, when the market goes up, you sell it and you make your profit that way. Um, so there's a lot of renters very fearful of causing anything that could be perceived as a hassle. So um, it's a really hard experiment to run, basically, Steph. You know whether um, before and after is, is better. There's some incredibly promising um, results when people do take their rights all the way through to VCAT, though. I get the written reasons for a lot of the cases that are are done um, with written reasons, and you know if it, if a renter does take their case and it's a solid one to VCAT, they using all the sort of things that are in the act now, they often get a really good result. Um, But, yeah, the main problem, I suppose, is the tight market that has intimidated a lot of people from being what they might be perceived as, you know, a difficult tenant. Yeah, yeah. All
0: right, well, we might ask you some more about VCAT in a a little bit, but I wanted to ask you first, uh, you recently published the Victorian Rental Snapshot for 2022, uh, sort of following earlier rental snapshots. What does the snapshot tell us about renting in Victoria and how it's changing?
2: Well, that's that one. Um, so the snapshot is sort of putting together statistics for um, all the different agencies that are working in rental, as well as the Australian Bureau of Statistics agencies. Uh, uh, excuse me, stats around um, who's where. So there's some things that aren't changing much. So by and large, most uh, landlords are small holders. There are uh, some who hold a lot of property, but you're most likely to be renting from someone who's got one or maybe two. So that hasn't changed much. Um, there's a bit of an increase in the number of properties that are managed by agents. That's been creeping up, I think, it's somewhere around the 70-ish percent mark now. Um, so there's, you know, nearly 30% of properties managed by an agent. But the big changes have been how uh, people have moved into regional Victoria, And really you know had to compete for pretty tight rental markets in regional Victoria and that meant that rent there has really gone up Uh, so that's picked up in that 2022 snapshot. Um, What else can I say? Um, I guess that not many people are taking out long-term leases even if that's now possible from the 2018 reforms we were talking about before Mm and I think that's just because, I mean, uh, that isn't offered to them, or if they do ask, sometimes they're told, no, can't can't do that. So that's disappointing to see that all bumping along the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a few things that um, that come to mind with that snapshot. But you can, if you're interested in mental data, um, have a look at you know where we got it from and dive in more deeply too. So we refer people to it as a good resource. Um, if anyone's really wanting to dive in.
0: Sure, and we'll we'll definitely include some links for things like that in the show notes on 3CR. Oh,
1: good on you, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, how do you see older people's housing needs fitting into the broader rental market?
2: Well, I think I'm, I'm quite worried about this, I must say, because um, I think our assumptions in Australia have been that when you're older, you'll probably um, own your own home, Um, You know, that old renting is for when you're younger or um, maybe you've got into social housing uh, if you can't get into home ownership. Um, And so that's the setup still in a sort of underlying way. Um, But we know that more older people are still renting. Um, We know that they're also trying out things like residential parks, um, you know, that uh, retirement villages to some extent but probably the residential parks seem to be the ones that are growing more quickly as a, a rental tenure um, and that people are exposed to rent increases and for example the sale of their property uh, or you know th- that make it very hard to keep up with when you've got a fixed income um, you know once you're on the pension or some mix of super and pension mm-hmm. so yeah it does concern me a lot actually that um Older Victorians are still in the private rental market um, after that point. It's very hard for them to cope with that in too many cases, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, you mentioned their residential parks and we worked uh, with your office on a, a project about residential parks last year. What do you see as the biggest issues in that kind of housing and what are some changes that you'd like to see?
2: Look, there's a couple of things with residential parks. I mean, straight off the top we don't know how many there are and how many people are living in them. Uh, so we actually really don't know the sort of scale of of that as a type of house. Um, now, you can't make good policy without knowing that, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of what we are seeing is that they're certainly growing and some of the bigger um, property developers, uh, I think at Stockland, for example, have got a whole division that's for land lease communities, as they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about what the number one issue is, is probably the inconsistency of contracts. So you, even in one residential park, a different resident has a contract that's not the same as someone who, you know, bought in five years ago. Um, and so it's very hard to understand exactly where you stand um, legally. And, you know, some some of the contracts have things like um, a rent increase every you know, such and such an interval and this is how we'll calculate it. Others have different ones. Some of them have um, exit fees, which means when you sell up, either you or your estate, you have to pay some some, sum to exit the the arrangement. Others don't. Um, So I think a more standardised version of of that contract that was really, had been sort of checked out, I suppose. Um, And maybe some variations would be possible, like it is with a... An ordinary rental lease mm-hmm. but there have to be good reasons for those exceptions I mean yeah so I think that would be a pretty good place to start to um, so we could get everything much more out into the light of day, better understanding from all the advice services on what the sort of terms are mm-hmm. um, yeah I, and I guess the other problem I would point out is that when people are having trouble there's specialist advice they can get from hand but pretty uh, you know, compared to the demand, I think that's pretty light on. Yeah. Um, and also, who can do the sort of casework with more complex cases? I think there's a real gap
0: there too. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, hi,
1: Heather. The Victorian government seems to have appointed commissioners to advocate across a range of areas. We had a commissioner for senior Victorians until recently. We've have we have a commissioner for LGBTIQ plus communities. There are probably others as well. Uh, what do you see as the value or benefits of these kinds of Commissioner roles, and are there limitations or drawbacks that come with them?
2: Well, I think um, the value and benefit is that um, it gives a focus to a particular issue, and you know, the ones that you nominated there, the Senior Victorians, I, I do miss Karen mm-hmm. <laughs> the Commissioner for Senior Victorians. Um, we did quite a lot of work together as well, including on that residential park, um, mm-hmm. That for someone who's got the brief to kind of pull things together policy-wise across all sorts of different parts of government um, for whatever that group is that they're representing. And I think that's the value. And you know what, what Todd does, the LGBTQI plus communities is similar. So, And I think governments uh, who do appoint commissioners, are uh, it, it's another accountability mechanism basically, because they're saying, please, you know, give us advice Perspective of what's usually, well, always actually a group who isn't well-represented enough. You know, they don't have big industry lobby groups themselves, renters or LGBTQIQ plus communities and so on. Um, so I think asking for that perspective to be uh, kept and provided for them, even though sometimes I think we're, we're a bit uncomfortable, um, I think it's a really important part of accountability and making better policy definitely probably the downside is that I can't for in my case what we talked about before the how do you also sort of represent this publicly um, I think that can be quite hard for people to understand what the commissioner is what they do can they fix my problem you know and because we've really got a policy emphasis we might be able to fix it or help fix a problem but it'll probably be a while off you know it may not be the case problem that you've got right now but um, so I think that's
0: potentially a bit of a drawback. All right, thank you. Um, listeners, this is Raise the Roof on 3CR, the uh, Housing for the Age Action Group show on 8.55am. Uh, we are talking to Victoria's Commissioner for Residential Tenancies, Heather Holst. Um, well, my next question was going to be, sorry, that's my awkward interruption in the middle of the show to remind everyone what we're listening to. Um, probably the, the biggest issue that we're seeing at the moment for, uh, for our members, for our clients and just you know uh, across our friends, our, ourselves, uh, is high rents and, and big rent increases. Are there changes that you'd like to see to uh, improve rental affordability or to, to help people deal with those big rent increases?
2: Uh, absolutely, yeah. So the Victorian housing statement came out in September, and there are a range of measures in there that I actually believe will help. Um, we are requiring the private rental market to do things that it can't do now, um, and with it tightening, especially, there's just going to be winners and losers out of that, and that's definitely to do with high rents and pretty startling and unable to be absorbed rent increases as well. Um, it's taken us a while to get here. It'll take us a while to get here, unfortunately. unfortunately. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, spectacularly, I suppose, we didn't in, introduce uh, rent control, even though um, that was carefully looked at in Victoria and there were strong advocates for it. Um, but some of the measures that did come in were... Um, you know, around the improving supply of social and affordable housing. Again, that's not as quick as you'd like it to be. It has to be either purchased or built. Um, And the deficit in the social and affordable housing supply is big now because of the lack of investment for decades in that area. Um, So that's probably the one that's ultimately going to make the most difference. And actually, you know, when you look back on history, that's where you see... um, Australian housing really getting out of trouble when there's an adequate amount of social and affordable housing there. Um, there's some measures uh, on the renter rights side of things, such as longer notice periods for rent increases. Um, that, you know, while it may not feel like enough, it does at least give people more time to get prepared or leave if they have to leave because of the rent increase. Um, there's things there about some. Um, developing a portable uh, bond scheme,
3: um,
2: which should help with one of those price crunch points when you're moving. There's a ban, a final ban, on all types of renting. We went ahead and attempted to ban rent bidding in the 28, 2018 reforms, but we didn't ban the acceptance of a higher rent. That's going to be banned, the acceptance of a higher rent. So people can't sort of have it insinuated of not wink-wink if you are offered... <laughs> or that might be a good idea. Yeah, so, so that's another one. There's gonna be an additional rental dispute forum that may help people to fully explain their position, uh, a rent increase. Um, so, uh, you know, all of these I hope will help, um, but I do appreciate that they may sound like um, indirect measures or not enough, and the, you know, <laughs> desire is for for can't government just stop um, all these owners asking more rent well yeah we did that in COVID and I would say that the coming out of that the correction out of that has been really really tough
1: and we're still going through that. Thanks Heather. Thanks. Uh, The next um, question we just want to say is um, building on some of the things you've already actually mentioned actually which is good Uh, Dispute resolution is also a big concern for our clients with lots of people we talk to saying they find VCAT inaccessible and not appropriate to resolve the issues they're dealing with. As part of the housing statement, the Victorian Government has announced a new dispute resolution body that is supposed to address some of those concerns. What are your thoughts on dispute resolution for renters, both in terms of what we have now and what we might be looking at in the future? and what renters actually want or need?
2: Well, um, I think it's really promising that this new dispute resolution service is being um, announced. And I think, you know, I I know that HAG um, will represent what their people are telling telling you, you know, um, and get that into the mix, because we have to make sure that there is... that this is what renters need as much as possible. Um, We have to make sure that it also is fast enough, It doesn't mean, like at like the moment, people are having their bonds tied up for ages in disputes and uh, that's really hard to just sit there and if you haven't got much savings, um, just leave your bond tied up while a dispute goes on, for example. So things have to be timely. Um, and, you know, it has to equal up or address that power difference between, you know, as a renter, you're... In dispute about the place you live. Um, and the owner, you know, or the property manager on the behalf of the owner is in dispute about, it's much more kind of a financial um, arrangement that's in dispute there. So, you know, the power differences are very real and have to be part of whatever's designed here. Um, and it has to work in well with the legal um, aspects of VCAT as well. Um, so... Again, that's sort of timely and and simplified um, for renters. But I will certainly be, uh, you know, working on, you know, inputting into that and uh, representing what I'm hearing understand renters want and need out of this dispute resolution. Because it's been a long-term argument of renters and their advocates to get something like this. So I have to make sure it's done
0: well. Mm. All right. So as I understand it, your role includes advocacy around things like private rental, uh, rooming houses, caravan and residential parks, uh, maybe some other housing types. But I think it doesn't include public and social housing, uh, especially in the context of the recent announcement that the government is going to demolish all the remaining inner-city public housing high-rises. Um, do you think the government needs better advocacy about the needs for, of public and social tenants? And also, do you have any advice to those communities about advocating for themselves?
2: Yeah, no, good question. If my role does cover community?
0: Okay, sorry, my um, mistake.
2: Yeah. It's oddly, oddly excludes public. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, um, but I think it would uh, make sense to have that in there as well. Um, there is the Victorian Public Tenants um, VPTA, Victorian Public Tenants Association, who do a great job um, advocating for public tenants. Um yeah, and while the towers, yeah, the towers are going to be demolished, but that's not, yeah, to nothing, to rubble. It's, they're going to be, um, you know, replaced and modernised. And um, I suppose I think that that's going to be pretty important. But it's also going to be pretty worrying for the people who are there now, mm-hmm. um, and they need to have a really good voice and be hearing good updates and having their questions answered. Um, so that they can be reassured that their home, while it won't be exactly the same home, hopefully it'll be a better home in the place that they need to be, um, and in a way that they've been able to influence how it's done. That would be the, the you know, the vision. Um, so I would um, really encourage people to to work, especially through the VPTA, um, on that, and to sort of, you know, not not be I you don't know, not be discouraged, uh, even though I know how frightening it is. And, you know, before I was the commissioner, I worked for a long time in sort of direct service work. And, you know, we ran, um, at my former agency, Launch Housing Home Ground, you know, we ran a lot of support programs into the inner city um, public housing estates. So I do know that people are dealing with a lot of trauma, and that which includes having been homeless. So the threat or the sort of fear that that could... Somehow, my home, which I have come to rely on, is going to be disrupted. Um, That's that's very upsetting. I really appreciate that. Um, So, yeah, I I would encourage people to be confident to put their cases forward and to ask questions and to, you know, wait till, to be satisfied with the answers, you know, ask the questions until you're satisfied. Because you will know things um, that no one else knows as residents of the tower. Um, And it's incredibly important that you're heard and taken uh, seriously. In.
0: All right. Well, uh, we're about out of time. So thanks uh, Thanks so much for your time today, Heather. Thanks for talking to us. Is there anything else that you wanted to say to our listeners?
2: Um, no, Shane and Beth, that's been really a good conversation. Thanks for being so thoughtful about it. And uh, we do have a website and, you know, I'm sure that that'll be in the show notes too. And um, if there are especially system-type issues where you've tried to get something Sorted out and it hasn't worked, um, you can get in touch with us. They're the sort of things that um, is very useful for us to know and to be able to advocate uh, for where there's things that just aren't working. Um, Please get in touch if that happens to you. All
0: right. Great. Thank you. All right. We're going to hear a quick community service announcement and then we'll be back with some contact information.
2: What's taking place in Palestine is
3: horrendous. The people of Gaza who have survived ethnic cleansing, three wars and a 16-year siege are now facing the biggest attacks ever mounted against them.
2: This will only stop if governments like ours demand that it stop. Here are some ways that you can keep yourself informed and involved.
3: Listen in to Palestine Remembered every Saturday morning at 9.30am or listen to the podcast. Join the APAN mailing list at apan.org.au for updates, news about actions you can get involved in and where you can donate to provide humanitarian assistance.
2: Listen to other news and current affairs programs on 3CR that also cover Palestine. The oppression of the Palestinian people has been going on for 75 years. It has to stop. You can be part of making that happen by staying informed and active. APAN is a proud supporter of
3: 3CR. All
0: right, we're almost out of time here on Housing for the Age Action Group's Raise the Roof program. I'm going to leave you with some contact information. So if you want to get in touch with HAG, if you're an older Victorian with a housing problem and you want to find out uh, what you can do, what we can do for you, give us a call on 1300 765 178. That's 1300 765 178. Uh, if you want to get in touch about uh, things like the AGM, the membership, uh, getting involved in some of our policy work, things like that, uh, the organisation's number is zero three nine six five four seven three eight nine. That's 9654-7389. Um Thanks so much for coming in today, Steph, to, to babysit me while Fiona is away.
1: <laughs> no worries. It's been a pleasure.
0: Um, we're going to leave you with a song. Is this name a little on the nose for our topic? I don't know. But we're going to hear from Heather Fiona. This is Lucky to Be Old When You Die. Thanks for listening. We'll be back the second and fourth Wednesday of every month.
3: See ya. Reflection in the mirror shows the lines inside your eyes You're frowning at the creases in your cheeks formed by a smile Inside you still feel like a child But it's lucky to be home when you die Your back gets sore from sitting when you go out on long drives have to stretch your neck three ways each morning when you rise. Daylight's not as flattering as you'd like, but it's still lucky to be old when you die. But all those youthful faces, Ooh. fresh and plump with a life. Beautiful as spring flowers unmarked and unlined. Not all of them will celebrate. Ooh. Turning 35, Ooh. so if you're worried over wrinkles, something... At your heart